Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's episode, I am joined by sophomore on the Arizona State Women's Club hockey team, Sam Murphy. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Sam, and how's everything going? It's going really well. How are you doing, Matthew? I'm doing well. I'm a bit nervous. Obviously, while we're recording this, it's Game 7 for the Bruins and Panthers, so uh, hopefully my bees will um, come through and uh, win the series, but it's yeah. it hasn't been good the last two games, to say the I least. I know. I'm a big Bruins fan myself, and everyone's been telling me that uh, that based off of the history of people who kind of finish first, they they kind of aren't favored to win the cup. So I still have my fingers crossed, though. We'll see what happens, but it'll be mm-hmm. another tough series if they pull through against Toronto. So I'm excited for that one if that does happen. That's always a good uh, playoff series. So how did you become a Bruins fan being from Ottawa? Um, my mom uh in like high school was really good friends with Don Sweeney so uh when I was younger we'd do a lot of trips out to Boston and he would take us to a bunch of Bruins games and we get to go in the locker room and kind of like meet the coaches and meet some of the players so um I just kind of like grew up around the Bruins and uh just kind of fit right into it that's awesome do you still talk to Don Sweeney today especially since he's now the GM yeah occasionally occasionally (laughs) We uh, anytime we go out to Boston, we'll meet up with him and like grab dinner or something. That's awesome. Yeah, I know he's a busy guy, but you know that's mm-hmm. still cool that you get to see him here and there. It's really cool. We're, I'm really fortunate to get to know the GM of my favorite team. Now, I do want to start off this podcast sort of talking about the beginning of your hockey career and sort of leading up to where you are today. So I sort of jumped the gun a little bit, but you are from Ottawa. So uh, talk about growing up there and how did you start playing hockey? Um, growing up in Ottawa was really awesome. It's massive city, but I grew up in a suburb called Canada. So um, just like a bunch of families around all different kinds of hockey teams that you could play for um, bunch of schools. It's just like a really safe neighborhood, really awesome place to grow up. Um, but I got into hockey because my parents were both athletes growing up. My dad was a professional football player and my mom was a college volleyball player. And they both kind of decided that my brother and I, I have an older brother. Oh, sorry. I have an older brother. And they both decided that um, we needed to play sports growing up. So obviously being in Canada, they said, let's kind of see if they like hockey. So they put my brother into it and he just absolutely loved it. Um, So then when I was four, they got me learning how to skate. And I actually didn't love it at first at all. Uh, I remember being at like this little community rink in Ottawa and skating up to the boards where my mom was sitting in the stands and just like bawling my eyes out because I didn't want to be on the ice. Um, But luckily I grew out of it and ended up loving hockey. And then when I was five, I joined my first team and been playing ever since. Yeah, I hear a lot of stories about players not really loving it at first, at least the learned to skate part of it and then obviously Mm -hmm. sticking with it. It's kind of funny how that all works out. Yeah, it's hard being little and learning how to skate because it is honestly a very hard skill to learn so um especially when you're very young you can get really discouraged by it so it's kind of like a uh, universal experience I find yeah now you say you grew up in a, a athletic family uh, where did your dad play football I'm just curious so he played college football for a school in Canada called Acadia and then out of college he was drafted to the NFL to San Diego um, the way he tells it is he always says he wasn't good enough to make it in the NFL. So he uh, ended up playing in the CFL for the Edmonton Eskimos, who are now the Edmonton Elk, and the Toronto Argonauts in the Ottawa Rough Riders, who are now the Ottawa Red Blacks. 
but um, he holds a bunch of records in the CFL and has, I believe, two Grey Cup rings with um, Edmonton. That's really cool. Hey, not many people can say they've been drafted in the NFL, so that's something right? to um, I'll brag about a little bit. I feel like I would. I know. He's way too humble. He never, like, anytime I tell anyone that he played professional football, he's like, yeah, I wasn't that good. It's I played a little bit. Like, I dabbled, but no, he was phenomenal. He was a uh, free safety and was the best free safety in the CFL during his time. That's awesome. That's awesome. Who was your favorite hockey player growing up? Was it someone on the Bruins, I assume? No, actually, my favorite hockey player was Danny Heatley growing up, which was just very random. Um, I just thought that he was like the best thing ever. And going to Sens games growing up, just because the rink was so close to the house I grew up in, um, I got to see him play all the time. And just like little tiny me seeing one player getting a bunch of goals, I was like, okay, that's going to be my favorite player. So I just kind of picked him and um, I even had a little necklace when I was growing up that had like the number 15 on it just because I thought he was so awesome. Yeah. I don't remember him playing with the Senators, unfortunately. I re- I, the guys oh, yeah. I remember is Daniel Alfredson. He was probably like mm-hmm. the sense player that I remember the most growing up. Mm-hmm. Him and um, Chris Phillips are the two that are like very ingrained in my mind. Yeah. Um, I liked Chara also when he played for the Sens. I love Chara. <laughs> yeah, loved him. And then he went over to Boston. So I like kind of liked that. But um, him, Chara, uh, Chris Phillips a little bit. Yeah. I, yeah, I remember Danny Heatley. I think he was with the Thrashers. That's sort of where I remember him playing most of his career. Mm-hmm. I know he was drafted to the Thrashers. So yeah, it was yeah. him and like Kovalchuk, and that was like such mm-hmm. a fun tandem to watch. Like that, I was really small. That was like one of my earliest hockey memories. But those those were the best, and I think Kovalchuk might be one of the most underrated players in NHL history. Likely, yeah. I. uh I loved Heatley until his whole accident happened and my parents told me about it. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't be associated with him. So I kind of like boycotted Heatley after that, but I thought he was awesome. Now, before college hockey, you played for the Ottawa Lady Senators. Um, Talk about how you got the opportunity to join that team. Yeah. So I grew up playing in an association called the Kanata Rangers, which is a feeder team into the Lady Sens. So in um, Bantam, uh, the double A team turns from the Canada Rangers to the Lady Sens. So um, because I grew up playing kind of like on the double A team for each of the age groups, um, when I made it to Bantam, I made the double A team, which kind of turned to the Lady Sens. And from there, um, just kind of stayed within the Lady Sens Association, which was really awesome. Uh, but for my final year of junior, I actually switched from the Lady Sens to a team called the Lady 67s. Oh, was it a name change or like a team change? It was a team change. I fully switched associations um, just because one of my best friends in the whole world, her dad is Guy Boucher, and he uh, was coaching the Lady 67s at the time. And I just saw a lot of value in being coached by him. So um, I decided to make the jump for my last year. Yeah, it's obviously every time you get a chance to get coached by a former NHL coach, you kind of have to take that opportunity. Yeah, right. Yeah, because I remember, I think um, I had Emma Uryu on the podcast mm-hmm. a few years ago, and I feel like she did the same thing, if I'm not mistaken. She did. She switched to the uh, 67s the year after I graduated. Yeah, but I actually right. played with Emma in a um, like selects team for Team Ontario, um, the 2018 Summer Games. Her and I were on the same team and just kind of hit it off. She's just she's the best. I absolutely love that girl. Well, talk about your hockey experience with the Ottawa Lady Senators and the 67s, and what did you take away from that experience? 
Um, it was a really rewarding experience playing for both of them. Uh, obviously, like with the 67s being coached by Guy was like kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity. Not everyone gets to do that. So I I got a lot of really valuable hockey knowledge from him. Also, just playing up in or not playing up, growing up in that junior league. Uh, we're playing against some of the best female hockey players in North America who go on to play like Team Canada, Team USA. Uh, they majority go on to play college hockey. So it was just really valuable to be pushed by them every game, even being pushed by my own teammates in practice, just um, all around, like made me a better hockey player. Was Guy Boucher a different coach coaching um, your team versus when he was at the NHL? Because the thing I remember about him the most was the zone trap defense that he had, mm-hmm. where it sort of like suffocate teams and really make it hard for them to sort of set up offensive zone pressure. Was he sort of like that when you were uh, being coached by him or did you, was he a little bit different and sort of made you guys sort of more open in regards to sort of the passes that you would create uh, from the defensive zone to the offensive zone? He was very similar to the way he coached in the NHL, very um, strict on systems. So he was the one who ran our power play, ran our penalty kill, ran our breakouts, ran our entries. Um, he didn't do the neutral zone trap though for us. Um, but he, he was very good at like explaining why we were doing these systems and why they work and stuff like that. But um, he, I think he adjusted his coaching style to women's hockey rather than like NHL men's hockey because they're totally different games. So he was able to understand that and kind of shift his focus a little bit. Now you were saying how you played with a lot of college hockey players in your time in junior. So how did your junior hockey experience help prepare you for college hockey with Arizona State? Um, it helped prepare me a lot by just kind of like pushing me every practice and every game by playing with these amazing hockey players and against them. Um, it also just kind of helped me know what to expect in college hockey because a lot of alumni of the junior teams in Ottawa come back and will skate with the teams sometimes and, um, or just like, we'll stay in touch with their teammates after they graduate. So it was really helpful to be able to talk to them about like what to expect in college hockey. What's the best memory you have from your um, Ottawa junior hockey days? Um, one of them has to be being selected to uh, play for uh, the Ontario Summer Games. That one was really exciting. Also, probably in my midget double A year with the Lady Sens, we won uh, regionals and that was really exciting for us. I just remember like the seniors, it was such a huge deal for them because they had never done that before. So uh, those two definitely are stuck in my brain. Now, what made you want to go to air, co- play college club hockey at Arizona State? Because you're, you have, if I'm being honest, I thought your sort of career path was very interesting, playing mm-hmm. club hockey for a year, going to D3, and then coming back to club hockey. And we'll obviously mm-hmm. get into all that stuff. Yeah. But sort of what made you want to initially start off playing club hockey and not sort of jump into the collegiate D3 or D1 level? Yeah, so um, obviously my recruitment year was a little bit funky because of COVID. I wasn't able to uh, go like tour schools. I wasn't able to have coaches come see me play. It was all basically like through email, through like highlight clips, which aren't really a great teller of what a player is going to be like. So a lot of the coaches that I was talking to wanted me to take gap years, which I didn't want to do. Um, I really value my education and I think taking a gap year would have kind of hindered my education. So I decided that, um, all of the, all of the schools that I was talking to weren't really on the table for me anymore. Um, 
I had one really great opportunity with the school that was going to let me play for a CJEP um, in Quebec and then go play for their school. And that was um, a really viable option, but we looked into it and none of my credits from the CJEP would have transferred. So that kind of got wiped off the table as well. And I was kind of scrambling for a school to play for. And one of my dad's really good friends uh, has some houses here in Scottsdale. And he said that ASU actually has a women's hockey team. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. I haven't really heard of what this like whole ACHA thing is. And then one of my teammates on 67s committed and signed to play for Liberty. And so I kind of looked into that a little bit and saw like, okay, so ACHA is college hockey. And I reached out to Lindsay Ellis, the coach here at ASU. And she invited me down to Arizona to come skate with the team and tour the school and like tour the rink and stuff. So obviously I accepted. I'm a nice little vacation, Arizona. Did that and just like fell in love with the school. It's if everyone who tours ASU, um, when they're asked, like, why did you pick ASU? They're like, how can you not after touring it? Like the campus is phenomenal. The weather is phenomenal. Um, The girls on the team here are some of the best people I've ever met. And the quality of hockey is very good. So um, it just it just felt natural to end up here, especially with um, COVID happening and down south in the States. It wasn't as much of a thing. So um, I just decided that I was going to make ASU my home. Yeah, that's really awesome. And how did you sort of navigate the challenge of of the pandemic? Because I sort of forget that your class probably had it the worst because it was in the middle of like your season where it got shut down, then you didn't get to play the next season. So you really didn't have the chance to sort of showcase yourself to other schools. So I just sort of handled that adversity of not really playing a lot of games before playing college hockey. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it was definitely really hard. I spent my entire season with the 67s just practicing. Like we, we had a couple games that were scrimmages, but they were four on four just cause like COVID restrictions and stuff. So it was really difficult to, um, kind of just practice every day, kind of like for nothing is what it felt like. Like we're, we're practicing systems we're we're doing drills with our lines, but like, we're not, we're never really going to play as a line. It, it was hard. And I could tell that a lot of the girls on the team were kind of in the same boat as me with like, this is hard. And what are we doing? Um, but I think in the long run, it made us all better hockey players because we did get to just practice every day and kind of like work on the little details of our game. And um, my dad kind of kept telling me, he's like, this is going to translate really well into your first year of college hockey because you you have been working so hard on these little things that you've had to work on your whole career, but like haven't really had time to work on because you were so focused on winning the next game or like going to the next tournament. So um just kind of keeping that in mind was really helpful. And talk about what it's like playing in the ACHA and just club hockey in general, because I feel like it's the most underrated uh, division of college hockey, in my opinion, because you're with Mm -hmm. players that really love the game. Like Mm -hmm. for a lot of players, like you can make the argument that you really have to love the game in order to play club hockey because there's you're sort of paying for your own equipment, your own gear, your own ice time, where Mm -hmm. other schools, that's not really the case. So I'm curious sort of like what it's like playing in club hockey, getting to go to cool places and mm-hmm. sort of playing with players that like really love the sport like you do. Yeah, I think uh, ACHA is so underrated for the quality of hockey. Um, like teams just like Liberty can compete at NCAA Division One levels. I firmly believe that they can compete with majority of the Division One teams in the NCAA. Um, there is a lot of depth in the ACHA, which I think is its biggest um, biggest like weakness 
is that you'll have the liberties of the world and then you'll have newer programs like um, Air Force, which we beat like 29 nothing. So I think that it's a little bit difficult, but the quality of hockey is very strong when you have top teams playing each other. It's also just awesome to, like you said, be playing with players that love the game so much that they are willing to pay to play hockey. Um, it's just, it's the teams are all made up of people who are really passionate about the game and really passionate about the sport. And a lot of the girls actually had opportunities to play NCAA or play U sports, but decided that they'd rather play ACHA because it's, it's college hockey, but the, the workload isn't as heavy, you know? Yeah, exactly. And obviously talk a little bit about the major and classes that you are taking and how do you balance academics and hockey um, at Arizona state? So I'm a criminal justice major with a minor in psychology. Um, I'm taking a lot of like law related classes, uh, crime and policy related classes, a lot of criminal justice, like research methods. And then on the psychology side, obviously, like um, all the basic psychology classes. Uh, And I find balancing it isn't that difficult because I grew up doing that my entire life. I was I was going to practice every night. I was going to tournaments every weekend, away games every weekend missing a lot of school and having to balance it with my high school workload, which arguably was harder doing when I was like 18 and under. So um, it just kind of feels natural. It's really nothing new for me, I find, but I know a lot of people do struggle with it Um, for more like tedious majors like computer science or um, a lot of the like pre-med girls on my team have a really hard time balancing hockey in school but um everyone does a really good job i find yeah what are you going to try to do with that degree once you graduate i'm assuming become a lawyer yeah i'm really hoping to go to law school after that's awesome that's awesome Mm -hmm. well what's the process like for joining the club hockey team at asu i know there is a trial process but from what i've been told it's a lot of like college hockey i guess where you get recruited Obviously, from your experience, uh, you emailed the coach and uh, she obviously showed you around the program and facilities and that sort of led you to want to join the team and they sort of save a spot for you. I'm just Mm -hmm. curious from your perspective, how did you join the team and what's the usual process like uh, for being an ASU women's hockey player? Yeah, so the usual process is you either get scouted by our coaches or you reach out and then the coaches will kind of like look at your stats, look at your highlights and determine if they want to move forward with the recruitment process. So for me, um, when I reached out, she just kind of like looked and she's like, okay, she's playing in the junior league in Ontario, has to be a decent hockey player. Um, And then from there, you either get invited to come skate with the team so that uh, our coaches can like get their eyes on you and um, the girls can kind of interact with you because one of the big emphases on the team is personalities. Uh, We've had phenomenal hockey players come skate with us, but we can just tell that they aren't the greatest people and we won't take them on the team just based off of how they act and behave around the team. So that's a big kind of thing. So if you can't come down and skate with the team, you'll hop on a zoom call with um, a lot of the captains or a lot of the uh, big personalities on the team. She'll put um, our leadership group and occasionally a couple freshmen. Um, I get to go on a lot of the calls with the recruits So that's really fun just to like chat with them, kind of hear about their hockey history and whatever. And from there, um, you'll either be offered a spot or you'll be like respectfully declined. And if you're offered a spot, you 
have you aren't at risk of losing it during tryouts the next year but um tryouts are something we do every year uh we get a lot of girls who come to ASU who didn't know we had a hockey team so didn't um reach out to our coach or didn't get like scouted or whatnot so they come out to tryouts and for the past two years we've had walk-ons make the team uh this year we had a freshman walk-on make the team and she ended up actually being one of our best players so the tryouts are really valuable for us to see people that might have kind of gone under the radar but for the most part it's recruiting and uh through commitments yeah and obviously you want to build that good culture because you can have the most talented team but if it, there's no cohesiveness then it's just not going to translate on the ice exactly and that is what a lot of our success this season came from um the locker room kind of dynamic was like no other this season like it was just it was such a great place to be like everyone was so excited to go to practice every day and go to games and do like bus trips with the team just because we loved being around each other so much so um seeing how well that translated into our success this season we kind of want to keep that rolling um and making sure we're bringing on good people to the team to like kind of help feed that healthy culture now your first year at ASU you put up insane numbers having 45 points in 20 games not a big deal obviously Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think was the key for your individual success that season? And how did you continue to get better in that area as the season progressed? Because it seemed like I'm assuming you did a good job uh, with your playmaking ability since you got a lot of assists. Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest things that helped me, like I said before, was just my COVID season of literally just practicing every day. So like just doing focusing on like the little things of my game that I knew I needed to work on. Um, just like my, my hands weren't, weren't like up to college hockey standards, uh, before that little COVID season. And I just worked on that the whole season. And, um, that was really helpful. Also just being given a chance to play on one of the top lines on the team was really helpful and being put with some awesome hockey players. Um, one of my biggest helpers on the team was Jill Ketchum. She, uh, transferred from Adrian college. And she just like has a really great scoring touch. So her and I worked really well together on power play, on penalty kill, on our line. I'd just like be able to feed her pucks and she just put them in the net and it just really helped with my points. What was the biggest adjustment that you had to make in college hockey? Because looking at your stats, it seems like there wasn't a lot of adjustment from your perspective, mm -hmm. but I feel like there had to have been some sort of adjustment um, that you had mm -hmm. to make. Mm -hmm. um, one of the biggest things was getting used to the threat of there being scratches so if you're not performing in practice if you're not performing in games you won't play which isn't something that in uh women's junior hockey you get because they take just enough players on the team like maybe enough for three lines plus an extra forward kind of thing so um kind of just adjusting to if you aren't performing you aren't going to play was a big thing and i think that really helped push me like i I came all the way from Canada to Arizona state to play hockey and I want to play. So um, I just like went above and beyond to make sure that um, every game I secured a roster spot. Yeah. Do you think that helps your team success a little bit too? Cause you're all pushing each other to obviously play, but that obviously makes you better players as well. Mm -hmm, definitely. It's, it's helpful for um, obviously the, the more bubble players to, know like okay if I don't show up to practice today and give it my all I'm probably not going to play this weekend um which in turn kind of goes all the way up the ladder to the top line where you have the second line then being like 
okay, well, if I don't perform, then the top line is going to be the top line this weekend and not us. So we're kind of just like pushing each other all kind of through the food chain, which is really awesome. Now talk about your team's performance uh, your freshman year and what did you take away from it? We had um, for that season was a record-breaking season, which then got broken this season, which is awesome. Thank you. Uh, it was really exciting for us to go into playoffs being like the favored team to win uh, the WWCHL, which unfortunately we got upset by CU Boulder. Um, it was really difficult. I broke my wrist in February last season. So I was out for the second half of the season as well as playoffs. So I had to kind of like sit out and watch the team. And that was really difficult. And it was really difficult watching us get upset by CU Boulder, but it's hockey and accident, like th- things like that happen. So um, it's kind of to be expected that um, that teams are going to push us. Even if you're the favorite team to win, you're not always going to win. But it really kind of put a chip on our shoulder for this season, which I think gave us the that extra push we needed to be better this season. Yeah, I think that what makes hockey special is the sort of the not the bet that sometimes even if you're considered the best team it doesn't mean that you're going to win the game and from a fan perspective it's nice to have that parity in other different conferences because you just never know what you're going to get in every game definitely yeah it's 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 easy to be the favorite team but it's not easy to win as a favorite team because everyone's out to get you yeah and we're seeing that right now all the way up to the top of the nhl the bruins have you know the record-breaking season and the mm-hmm. Panthers who barely made the playoffs might knock them out. So you just, that's, I think that's, um, I know I'm going on a tangent, but that's sort of what makes hockey special in my opinion. I totally agree. It makes it more fun to watch. Yeah. The only thing I know about Boulder is it was in that chain smoker song. So that's mm-hmm. about the mattress. I don't know if you've ever heard that. Yeah. Song. Oh yeah. I definitely <laughs> know it there. They have actually a gorgeous campus. Um, My first uh, road trip, my freshman year was to CU Boulder and it like it looks like Hogwarts, like it looks straight out of Harry Potter. It's gorgeous, like the mountains and the snow and they have a really nice rink. It was just like it was really cool going there and being like, whoa, OK, like this is kind of awesome. Well, after your freshman year, you transferred to Norwich College uh, where you played in only four games. I wanted to ask you what led you to transfer um, to Norwich and just talk about your experience um, there for the few games that you did play there. Yeah. So uh, like I said before, my COVID season kind of really put a damper in my recruitment. So I always kind of had in the back of my mind, like I can, I, I could have gone NCAA. I, I, I know I have the skill to do it. So I kind of just kept, I felt like I, like I missed out on something. I felt like I was kind of robbed of something. So um, when I was putting up those numbers, my freshman year, I did have a couple division one coaches reach out to me and say, um, we'd love to discuss you possibly playing for us, you do have to enter the transfer portal to do so though. Uh, just even though it's an ACHA team that I was playing for, uh, because it's an NCAA school, I have to be in the transfer portal to speak to them. So I entered the portal and I was unaware that when you put your name in the portal, every school can see you from like division one to division three, all the coaches can see your name. So I went in just to talk to a few specific schools about scholarships and whatnot um, and then I started getting emails from every division three team. And I was like, what is going on right now? I have no interest in playing division three. It was either I'm going to play division one or I'm going to stay at ASU. And so then Sophie LeClure, who was the head coach at Norwich, emailed me and she sent me a really nice message just saying like, I saw your name in the portal. 
Um, I'm really interested in having a conversation with you. Even if you don't want to play for me, I'd love to talk to you just about like the transfer process because she had transferred from uh, University of Vermont to Norwich when she was playing college hockey. And she was just saying like, I understand it's a huge decision to make. Um, it's hard to do it without guidance. So um, if you'd allow me, like, I'd love to talk to you about it. I'd love to like give you a couple tips, whatever. So I thought that was really nice of her. And um, I knew that Norwich was one of the best division three teams in NCAA. So I um, narrowed it down to speaking to this division one school that I originally wanted to talk to and Norwich. And I went on my visits of those schools. The division one school was um, kind of like a crazy tour. It just didn't go to go as planned. As I was driving there, I get a call from their athletic director and she says, um, we actually just fired our head coach who was recruiting me. And she's like, we'll still honor anything that he promised you, anything that he offered. Um, you can come for the tour. It's going to be hectic. It's not going to really go as a tour should go. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'll, I'll still come. Did it. I didn't really love the school. Didn't really love the team dynamic, whatever. I just thought, you know what? No, not interested. And then I drove to Vermont and toured Norwich. And it was just like everything I dreamed of as a college hockey player. Like the facilities are amazing. The school was gorgeous. The team was just like awesome. The girls were so nice. The coaches were awesome. And I was like, you know, what? I didn't want to play division three, but I think I want to play division three for this team. So I committed there, whatever. Um, got there in August, was practicing with the team, all that stuff. First game rolls around. We're playing Utica. I was really excited. Like I made it in the lineup. Um, my final shift of the game, there's a minute left in the third period. I separate my shoulder. And it was just like, oh my God, I just got back from a broken wrist. I missed the second half of my season at ASU. And now I'm going to be missing three to six months for a separated shoulder at a school I just came to. And so that was really, really hard to deal with for me. And it kind of made me sit back and think, am I at this school because I want to go to the school? I want to receive an education from the school. Um, I like the location, all this stuff. Or am I here because I just want to play hockey? And I realized that I only chose that school because of hockey. And I knew that I chose ASU for more than just hockey. I chose it for the education. I chose it for the location. Um, I chose it for like all of the friends I made there. And I kind of realized that I felt more at home at ASU than I did at Norwich. Um, I came back from my shoulder injury at Norwich. I, I finished off the first half of the season. That's where the four games I got to play came from. And uh, in my midseason interview with my coach, I said that uh, I, I won't be coming back after Christmas. And I then reached back out to Lindsay, the coach at ASU, and I kind of told her my situation, told her what I realized. And she was obviously a little bit hesitant to just jump right in and be like, yes, come back. Because obviously I left. I kind of, it's kind of like a breakup. Like I, I told her I was transferring. I told her I was going elsewhere. So um, she talked to the other coaches, talked to the captains, and they all decided that um, they'll take me back on the team, which I'm really, really grateful for. And so I came back after Christmas and just kind of uh, jumped right back in where I left off. Yeah. At least you got this. I think it scored a goal in Division Three, So at least you got to say that. Yeah, I scored a goal in, I think, my second game I got to play. So that was really exciting. And obviously, um, isn't it? So obviously, you had to go through adversity with the shoulder separation, with uh, you breaking your wrist and sort of realizing like that, you know, that school wasn't for you. 
how do you sort of handle it mentally? Um, that's something that I think a lot of players don't realize about the transfer portal, sort of the mental aspect of it, like how mm-hmm. it can affect you mentally being somewhere and not really knowing like what your place is. And obviously, once you realize that Norwich wasn't your place, heading back to ASU and all of that process, how did you sort of handle that mentally? Yeah, it was really difficult, like just especially from the shoulder injury. I was already in a tough place mentally, um, having to like watch my team practice every day without me kind of seeing all of the work I put in during the offseason go to waste because I I can't even go for a run. Like I can barely dress myself, let alone stay in shape. So that was really difficult to do. And then finally realizing I actually don't want to go to the school. I I I was a lot happier at ASU was really hard. And having those conversations with my parents was really difficult. Having those conversations with my teammates at Norwich was very difficult. Um, Also just the unknown of, is ASU going to take me back? And if they don't, my hockey career is over. I had to come to terms with, if ASU decides they don't want me back on the team, I'm going to have to quit hockey and just go to school in Ottawa, whatever, just kind of like live the rest of my life as just a normal college student. That was really difficult to um, come to terms with, but then it was really relieving knowing that ASU did take me back, but then that brought a whole new set of challenges of, is the team going to accept me back? Like, obviously the coaches took me back, but is the team going to welcome me with open arms? Because um, I was best friends with a lot of the girls on this team and then told them, hey, just so you know, I'm transferring. So they have all the reasons in the world to be upset with me for that and not want me back on the team, not trust me again, not know like, oh, is she going to leave again? Like, does she think she's too good for us? Is that why she left? All this stuff. But um, like I said, the girls on this team are some of the best people I've met in my entire life. And they made me feel so beyond welcome coming back, which was just really helpful because I was in such a tough spot mentally. Um, They just made everything so much easier for me. How do you use the admission thing work, transferring from one school and then going back? Transferring out was um, a lot easier because uh, Norwich really helped me with all of it because I was playing on an NCAA team there. They kind of, they helped my admission process to Norwich. They helped my transfer out process from ASU. Um, I had the NCAA kind of giving me a hand doing that. Transferring back in, however, was very difficult because the main thing is um, the student visa because I'm an international student. I had to get it transferred from ASU to Norwich which Norwich kind of did all that for me. And then transferring it back from Norwich to ASU was really difficult because um, I didn't have the NCAA helping me this time. This was kind of just like all me figuring it out myself. Um, and obviously it looks a little weird to um, Homeland Security seeing like, why is this girl jumping back and forth between schools? Like that kind of flags the system a little bit. Um, it took a lot of different like paperwork, filling out things with my parents. Um, but it luckily got sorted out within the span of a couple of weeks, but it was really stressful and not fun to do at all. Especially trying to get it done before the second semester begins. Cause usually you have the whole summer to sort of figure that yeah. out. And now you only have like three or four weeks to sort of figure it out. Yeah. I did it all over Christmas break and I, we hadn't like, as soon as I got my visa transferred over and like got confirmation of it, we booked our flights to Arizona the next day. <laughs> so like it was it was just kind of like us like on edge waiting to finally get that confirmation to be able to fly out because we had like uh away games in Denver like two days after I got my visa transferred over and Lindsay was like if you can get here for that I'll play you just like see where you're at where you're at 
So um, I was really hoping to get back for that and just like anticipating getting it transferred over in that little amount of time that I had was just like a whole crazy three weeks. And as soon as I finally got the confirmation, it was just like a big sigh of relief. Everyone was just like calm finally, but it was crazy for a bit. So obviously we talked about the adjustment of just getting there in the middle of the year. Was an adjustment sort of uh, joining the team in the middle of the season, not from like the spot that you mentioned, will they accept me back from like a hockey perspective? So they're in the middle of their season and you've only played a handful of games. So was it sort of like, how'd you sort of shake off the rust joining a team in the middle of the year? Yeah, that was really difficult. Um, kind of jumping back into hockey with this team. Um, it was helpful that I had played with the team before and had played with the majority of the players on the team before. So I understood the style. I understood the way that Lindsay coached and wanted her team to play. That was really helpful. But I think the biggest thing was actually um, in my head, I I knew that all of the new girls on this team knew me as the girl who broke all those records her freshman year, the the second ever All-American on the team. So I felt like I had really high standards to live up to. So um, I I felt like I had to prove myself to everyone. So I worked really hard to kind of live up to those expectations, which in turn didn't do very well for me just because I looked like I was playing very like panicked and stressed out and like wasn't making like if I had two decisions to make, like either pass or shoot, I'll make the wrong one just because I was so like on edge in trying to make the right decision. Um, it took a while of me like practicing with the team and just kind of like getting used to everything and kind of finding my groove again to finally be able to relax and like just play hockey. But it was definitely a huge transition period. Yeah, for sure. And obviously you're the team's a little bit different, I assume, from this year compared to last year with some new players and freshmen. So obviously, like you're talking about trying to win your teammates that you played with before over, but also trying to show the players that you've never played with before, like that you're willing to be on the team as well. Mm -hmm, definitely. And we got a lot of transfer students. When I left, we have like, I think, two or three players who came from the NCAA and transferred in. So being able to then see like, oh, wow, like we we recruited on top of what we recruited last year and seeing like all the skill that we brought in. Um, that was really exciting, but definitely like trying to play with them and like show them that, yeah, I transferred out, but I'm back and I want to play with you guys and I want to be here. Well, your school got a new arena this season called Mullet Arena, where the D1 men's hockey team plays, as well as the Arizona Coyotes temporarily. Uh, talk about what mm -hmm. it's like playing there this season and how cool is it to say that you played at an NHL rink? It's really awesome getting to play at Mullet. Um, I think one of the biggest things for us is that the we always see the Coyotes around. We see the staff all around the rink all the time. And it's really awesome to be in such close proximity to them because the Coyotes work really closely with women's hockey in the desert. And they have a big dedication to growing the women's hockey game. So um, they send a lot of their staff out to watch us play, to kind of cheer us on. Um, we get to like say hi to them around the rank. They honored us at one of their games a couple of weeks ago. We got to come out and they kind of like put us on the Jumbotron and said like congratulations for making it to nationals. So that's really awesome that we get to kind of work closely with the Coyotes. Um, also, just getting to play on a NHL rink is really cool. Um, it kind of makes us feel like real college hockey players, which we are. And we're it's awesome to be treated like that. I'm going to miss Oceanside, though. It had character. I know it wasn't oh, the yeah. prettiest, prettiest rink, but 
I was told that they got rid of it, which surprised me a little bit. I thought they would have kept that to try to grow hockey in the desert. Yeah, they tore it down. Honestly, it, it was a long time coming. It that rink, the ice was terrible like along the boards there were like holes in the ice all the way down to the concrete like if you're rimming the puck along the boards it's like skipping as it's going um we had a bunch of practices canceled because the ice just like melted overnight and it was just like a massive swimming pool um the locker rooms were really tiny like it just it it was falling apart and it was about time that they got rid of it unfortunately yeah did you have you ever seen Clayton Keller walk around the like the because he's my, one of yeah. my favorite players in the NHL. Mm-hmm. He's one of our captain's favorite players, and she was so excited when we got to um, do our whole like ceremony of being honored by the Coyotes. We got to like go down, like give them fist bumps before they went on the ice, and she was like fangirling over getting <laughs> the fist bump Clayton Keller. So that was really cool. One cool thing about Mullet is I didn't know this. So the visiting team where they enter, like you can like sort of like stand in like like a cafeteria and watch them go by, which I didn't. I thought that that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they walk through like um the like concourse area yeah. underneath all the stands. They like have to walk through that. So that's really cool. It's the longest walk though I've ever seen. Like someone showed it and it's mm-hmm. like whole it's like almost a minute just to get to the ice. That's pretty crazy. It's <laughs> wild. Like they definitely are breaking a sweat doing that because Mullet Arena is also really hot, I find. Like yeah. all of the lights and like how big it is, it it's really warm. So I can't imagine like playing and you're already sweating and then having to do that massive walk to the locker room, just like seems terrible especially after a tough loss <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and having all the fans just like yelling at you yeah yeah, yeah. well <laughs> this past season your team won the wwchl championship talk about what it was like winning that trophy and sort of getting revenge from last year it was really really exciting to do that because it was the first time in program history that we've won the wwchl championship um especially against the team that we won it against they're the only other team in the desert that we play it's uh, grand canyon university so getting to play them and not only beat them but like blow them out six nothing was really awesome for us like we we dominated all of playoffs we every single game we like after the second period we're like we have this in the bag like we're we're moving on to the next game and then finally when we made it to the championship um after i think the third goal that we scored we're all kind of like looking at each other we're like we're going to go to nationals. Like this is the first time in program history that we're doing this. And as soon as that final buzzer went off, like everyone started crying. Everyone was so excited. Like our head coach isn't a very emotional woman, but like seeing how excited she was that um, we finally accomplished this was just like, just, it just made everyone feel really good that we were able to not only do it for ourselves, but do it for her. Cause she built this program from the ground up and um, just being able to win for her was really awesome. Now, unfortunately, your season came to an end against Miami, losing to them in the ACHA National Championships. Uh, Talk about what you took away from that game and what was your Nationals experience like in Massachusetts? Yeah, so we played Miami as well as Maryville in Nationals, and both of those games were very close games. Um, Those are both very beatable teams. Like, they were awesome hockey games. The compete level was really high. Um, I think we were just really nervous like going into the games being like oh my gosh we're at nationals like this is crazy um I think we were just really nervous so we weren't really on our a game um and we didn't really pick it up in either of those games until like the third period with like five minutes left in the game both times so um that was unfortunate but it's helping us for next year to know what to expect and to know that we can compete with these teams um 
being in Boston was really cool though. We got to go watch the um the Merrimack Boston U game that was held at TD Garden. That was really exciting to go watch. Um we got to just like roam around Boston cuz we had bought our tick we bought our tickets for 8 days out from when we flew in and then we were done by the second day. <laughs> so we were just like, oh, what do we what do we really do now?" So we kind of just like roamed around Boston, um, made our own fun, got to go watch a bunch of the games. We watched Liberty play Minot in the women's division one final. So that was really cool. But um, it got to a point where we were just like, I, I kind of just want to go home now. <laughs> like I'm, I'm getting sick of this a little bit, but it, it was an awesome experience and we're looking forward to doing it again next year. Is it in Massachusetts every year or do they rotate it? They rotate it. So next year it's going to be in St. Louis. Oh, okay. That's cool. That's cool. Well, mm-hmm. I was at that mm-hmm. BU uh, Merrimack game. I'm obviously a big college hockey guy. And I was uh, unfortunate my UConn Huskies couldn't make it there, but it was cool watching that yeah. game. Great game. And obviously being there for that OT winner was super fun. And I felt bad for my dad because he was in mm-hmm. the bathroom when he scored that OT winner. So I, I was just oh, laughing. No. It's the best moment of the entire <laughs> game. <laughs> Seriously, he missed the most important part. Yeah, those calls like huh. right there. And the it, was, guy, it was a really like, fun game. And the guy dabbed like mm-hmm. right in front of the BU section. It was a lot of fun. Like hockey's yeah. championship, in yeah. my opinion, is one of the most underrated um, tournaments in college hockey. Mm-hmm. It was, and the rink was packed too. Like, oh it yeah, we care like about our college NHL hockey here too. in New England. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, it was. It was really fun to go to. Now, I sort of talked about it a little bit, but what are teams' goals and expectations for next year? I assume it's to make it back to nationals and win it. Um, but is there any other goals that might be on your team's radar that fans are not aware of? Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, like you said, make it back to nationals. Um, one massive goal that uh, our head coach has is to knock off Liberty because they are, I think, five-time champions now. And after they beat Minot, she like looked at all of us and she's just like, someone has to beat them. Like, let's make it us next year. So we're hoping to do that next year. We're hoping to um, have a better record in our regular season. We, the highest we've ever been ranked as a program nationally is seventh. And we're hoping to um, break that next year, obviously. Um, and just kind of keep growing like we have been for the past couple of years. Well, we're now in the non-hockey segment. We're asking some non-hockey questions just to get to know you and your team a little bit more off the ice. First one is what music do you like to listen to? Um, I personally like to listen to country music. Uh, in the locker room, we like to listen to like mixes. I make like little like SoundCloud mixes for our team to play in the locker room and like on the ice for warmups and stuff. So we'll put those on. What's your team's warmup mix? I want to find it on SoundCloud if it's up there. Oh my gosh, you're making me nervous. <laughs> it's uh, I don't know what it, it might have a really embarrassing name. Let me look. I'm opening my SoundCloud. Oh no. Because I listen to those. Like people don't realize, like I I find college hockey warm-up mixes on SoundCloud and I just like listening to them going for my walks. Yukon mm-hmm. has one that I really like. Um okay, wait, let me make sure this is the right one. Nope, that's not the right one. Nope. Where is it? I have way too many things posted on my SoundCloud. Um okay. So it has a really weird name, but um, you know the like trend on TikTok where it's like mullet daddy. Never where like guys are getting I don't have a TikTok. I have a I have I have Instagram reels. 
<laughs> okay on tiktok like people are getting like mullets and they're like making videos and calling themselves like mullet daddy and because our rink is called mullet we call yeah. our mix, mullet mommies so um that's our soundcloud mix we'll that's what we listen. play um in the locker room and on the ice well nice well it's good. i'll definitely give it a listen uh sometime tomorrow when, okay. I, when i go when i go on my walk so i appreciate that awesome now what would the perfect day look like for you um gosh getting to sleep in having no homework and no classes um a day where it's not too hot outside because we're at a point in the year where it's like 100 degrees every day and it's way too hot right now so like I, I like like 90 degrees outside, like 85, that would be ideal. Um, getting to like go to the pool with my team, um, getting some ice time would be fun since season's over right now. I'm really missing skating um, and going out for sushi would be my perfect day. I think for me, probably just a low key day, but probably going to a hockey game. Uh, I know that's oh, a yeah, basic answer. Sure. And then hanging out with friends. And then if it's the summertime, probably going to a baseball game since I'm a big baseball mm -hmm. fan. Who would you, your two ideal teams to watch be for a hockey game? Uh, in the NHL or college hockey? Any, any teams. I think for NHL, probably be the Bruins and, oh, that's tough. Probably like Maple Leafs or like Oilers, just because I want to see like McDavid or Austin Matthews. And then for mm -hmm. college hockey, I'm a big UConn hockey fan. So probably UConn versus UMass because that's like their biggest rivalry. So those games are always fun to watch. Mm -hmm, definitely. What would your ideal hockey game be? I got to ask you that now. Yeah, probably Boston and Toronto. Um, I love the rivalry they have. So yeah. watching that, Boston and the Habs, I also love that little rivalry they have going on. So those two. And then college hockey wise, probably ASU versus anyone. I feel like ASU, their best games are always against like um, Denver, like those mid NCHC mm -hmm. teams like Minnesota Duluth. Yeah. Like, those are always a lot of fun, at least for the men's side of things. Mm -hmm. The Minnesota Duluth game was a really good game to watch. So, now, yeah, probably that. Uh, what is your most embarrassing hockey moment? Uh, probably last year, we went to Liberty to play them, and they had like a very big turnout at their game. and we were doing the starting lineups and we're li all lined up on the goal line and they call my name and I go to skate to the blue line. I was the first name they called out of everybody. I go to skate to the blue line and I toe picked and oh, no. I fell. That's yeah. tough. And Did I you get chirped for that by I the know. fans? Uh, I might have, but I was like so mortified that like, I like just like blacked out. I like didn't hear anything. I like didn't see anything. I was like facing my team, like trying not to cry because I was so embarrassed um, they have like a big jumbotron in their rink too. And it was just like, everyone saw it and it was, uh, it, yeah, it was really bad. I would have laughed if I were one of your teammates. I'm sorry to say, cause I would have found that yeah. so funny. No, everyone was dying. Cause I, I go to the blind and I turn and I face them and they're all just like laughing hysterically at me. It was really bad. Now let's speaking of your teammates who has the best style on the Arizona State women's hockey team. I I think it's you. I've seen those pregame outfits mm -hmm. that the team post. You oh, might have the best you. style on the team. But besides yourself, who would you say is number two on the team? Um, I'm probably going to have to give it to Jessica Dorvinas. She has, like, the best style ever, like, on the ice, too. She has really great style. But um, she always shows up to games in, like, awesome, colorful outfits. Or maybe Flo Odd. She's a fifth-year grad student transfer from St. Thomas. 
And she has this like bright orange pantsuit that she wears to some of our games. That's awesome. And she just like looks awesome rolling up to the rink. If you could have lunch with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? Um, Brady Kachuk, because I love him. I have like the biggest crush on him. And I don't know why. I just think he's like so cool. So I would love to have lunch with him. Well, I'll just say Matthew Tuchuk because I think he's a very fun player to watch. I know he's a pest and I know no, no, not a lot of people like him, but I feel like that's the type mm-hmm. of guy that you want on your team any day of the week. Definitely. I think that's what I like about Brady Kachuk is that like everyone hates him. He's kind of like a pest on the ice. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just like the way Matthew uh, chews on his mouth guard. I just think it's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. he's he, Both of them are really entertaining to watch and also watching them play each other is very entertaining. Yeah, for sure. And then last non-hockey question is, um, what is the most interesting thing you've read or seen this week? Um, that Ryan Reynolds is going to put in a bid to buy the Ottawa Senators. That's, That's awesome for so you guys. Weird to me. <laughs> it's really, it's really awesome and very cool, but it's just like so random to me. Like, yeah. Well, Ottawa he has that Senators. soccer team in England that's doing well, so you should be excited about yeah. that. I guess so. Yeah. And they're building a new rink in Ottawa for them, like downtown Ottawa rather than Canada. So that should help them out a little bit, I guess. Mine's pretty basic. Leafs making it past the first round. That was pretty, I'm not the, obviously I'm a Bruins fan, so I don't really care about the Maple Leafs, but that Mm -hmm. was cool to see those fan, have that fan base, have that moment because it's well overdue. Yeah. We have two girls on our team who are like from downtown Toronto, like diehard Leafs fans. So, like, seeing their reaction to them making it past the first round was really funny. Let's get back to some hockey questions before we end this interview. First one is, what advice would you give younger players on what it takes to make it to college hockey? Um, Definitely that you need to make sure you really love the game. Rather, if you're playing ACHA or NCAA, you need to make sure that you love hockey and you want to dedicate your college years to hockey because that's what you're doing. When you're playing college hockey – your day from start to finish is all focused around hockey. So definitely make sure you love the game first. And once you're sure that that's what you want to do, um, just keep working at it. Don't get discouraged. Like there's going to be years where you don't make the team you want to make. You, you don't get scouted by the coaches that you want to get scouted by. I know every little girl's dream is to play for Wisconsin and not everyone can go play for Wisconsin. So just, just don't give up, keep working at it. And um if it's meant to be, it'll be. Uh, what should be done to help grow women's hockey? In my opinion, it's sort of teams like yours uh, showing up because the more teams that are in women's college hockey, the more the sport can grow. Because how can women's hockey grow in the desert if there isn't women's hockey teams that people can watch? So that's why I'm giving a little bit of a shout out to Arizona, University of Arizona because I want them to have a women's hockey team because I want that rivalry between you guys and Arizona State. I just think it'll be a lot of fun. So they need to figure that out. But what, in your opinion, should be done to help grow with the sport? I think definitely expanding college teams to the West Coast. Um, I think we are the most, like, out West team that there is in college hockey. So expanding, like, maybe to California, getting, like, a team at UCLA at those, like, big schools out there um, is a big deal. Also having teams, uh, NHL teams, do what the Coyotes are doing with our program and with um, just, like, girls hockey in the desert I think they should every NHL team should um work really hard to expanding to expand the game in their respective town like the Ottawa Sens having the Lady Sens and just like um the St. Louis Blues having like the Lady Blues AAA program I think it's really important to have 
kind of like hands-on programs that go hand in hand with each other, like a big brother, little sister kind of thing is really important. And also just more coverage on like um, the professional women's hockey league or the U18 women's worlds. Like, I don't know if you saw a couple of years ago, the coverage that was for the U18 women's worlds before COVID was shot on like a fisheye lens from like, yeah, way I back do. In, like seeing that is so disappointing, especially if you're playing in that tournament, like just it, it's such a big deal to be able to play for team Canada or team USA. And then seeing that this is the coverage you're getting when the men are getting like full professional coverage. It's just, it's really discouraging. And it's kind of, it's treating women's hockey like a joke, which no one wants to be treated like a joke. Um, so I think just fixing those little things is really important. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think they finally put it on TSN the last two years. And of course, it has the highest ratings it's ever had. It's like if you just put a little effort, it's obviously going to grow a lot. Mm -hmm. I got to watch a lot of the games because um, I knew one of the girls on the team and just like getting to cheer her on and like seeing her success through those tournaments was really exciting. Um, and I knew how much it meant to her to be able to be in that tournament and have the whole thing covered like a professional hockey tournament um just it, it meant so much to the girls on that team and it meant a lot for the world to watch it and be like wow women's hockey is very good hockey well do you have any shout outs you want to give or anyone that we should interview next uh feel free to let us know mm -hmm. um I'm gonna shout out my one of my best friends who's actually transferring here next year uh her name's Anita Fleming she is the best I'm really excited to play with her and live with her and show her what ASU is like and um, I also think you should interview her next. She has a really cool um, like history of her hockey career. She has transferred twice and she's going to be transferring a third time. Um, but she played for a different team every year. She started off at NCAA Division Three, Then she moved over to U Sports and now she's moving over to ACHA. So I think it would be really cool to hear about her hockey experience. Well, thank you so much, Sam, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. It means so much to myself. Uh, wish you and your team nothing but the best for next year. I know you guys are going to do great and break even more records. And hopefully I get that uh, Nationals trophy um, in St. Louis next year. But I wish you nothing but the best um, in your law degree and on the ice as well. And I know you're going to be successful in whatever you decide to do. So thank you so much for your time. It means so much. And yeah, nothing but the best on my end. Thanks, Matthew. That's awesome. Talk to me, it's what I want the most in my life They say you're out of my league, but I don't give a damn No, deep down, I know you want it You wanna take a leap and jump in, uh, uh, oh You wanna fall in love, you